Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Telegraph. Telegraph. Podcasts. After Spain's total number of coronavirus cases overtakes Britain and the rest of Western Europe, we're asking how the country lost control again. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. Spain's lockdown was the strictest of them all, and it worked. Rules that banned even children from going outside helped bring what was Europe's fastest-moving outbreak of more than 1,000 deaths a day to a virtual standstill, while in the first half of April, Spain was second only to the US in its total number of cases. A strict three-month lockdown curbed its soaring infection rate. On the 15th of June, less than a week before Spain's lockdown was lifted, Spain registered 40 new cases. But over the past week, it's averaged 3,400 new cases per day. And it won't have gone unnoticed by any listeners planning Spanish holidays that the UK's imposed a 14-day quarantine on arrivals from Spain. To discuss what's gone wrong and what Spain needs to do to regain control, I gave James Badcock a call. James is a journalist who you may have heard on this podcast before. He's based in Madrid and he's been covering the outbreak for The Telegraph from the start. And I began by asking him what life's like in the capital. Well, Madrid is, you know, now under, not under lockdown now, but it's incredibly quiet. Uh, The streets, uh, especially if you you go into the central areas, which normally at this time of year would be full of people relaxing in in, in terrace cafes and and tourists walking around looking at the the famous sites. The the streets are are, largely deserted. It's an incredibly quiet, almost eerie atmosphere. And also a lot of local people will have gone away, those who can, and those who can afford it, or those who have somewhere to go, and an easy calm, you could call it, because we do also know that numbers of COVID-19 cases are rising in the capital, as indeed there are many other parts of Spain. That's during the day. Do things pick up a bit more at night? I'm reading that 70% of the new infections are among under 30s, um, and unlike much of Europe, the nightclubs are now open in much of Spain. Is it fair to say, James, that partying and a culture that likes late nights and large gatherings is fueling this new rise in cases. It's a phenomenon, been a phenomenon in Spain for many years, these large outdoor parties called botellones where huge numbers of young people, sometimes huge numbers uh, of young people gather to to drink and socialise. It's obviously a cut price option and it's obviously something that's easier to do in a, in a country like Spain in summer where you know it's very unlikely to rain, the temperature's very, very warm and this is something that the authorities are having huge trouble trying to 
be clamped down on because you know it's very it's almost impossible to know where where these where these gatherings are, are going to take place. And there's a definite link being made between uh, this high level of sociability among uh, Spanish young people mm. and the rising cases. And obviously, it's very hard to convince young people after three month lockdown. School is now officially over for you know the summer, and even though it was like <laughs> there wasn't much to do during lockdown either, they're out and about and uh, they are mixing. Uh, they're on the beaches. They're they're meeting at night. It's um it's a it's a bit of a nightmare really to try and do anything about that. To what extent do you think that the fact that Spain's lockdown, original lockdown, was so much stricter than other countries? I mean, you couldn't even leave your houses, could you, to go on a walk, mm-hmm. whereas we were all marching around really making the most of our one hour daily walk. To what extent do you think the fact that it was so strict means that people feel like they are now finally free uh, and it's created a sense of a false sense of security? I think in a way it's the strictness. I also think that the lockdown was very successful. It was very rule based. It wasn't really there wasn't really any voluntary elements. It was, you know, you cannot leave your home. It's illegal to do anything like that. And and I think there hasn't been a huge emphasis on personal responsibility. So now the rules are you can go out, you've got to wear a mask. And, and so I think I think in a way a lot of people haven't really taken on board that what they can do in, you know, in a proactive sense to avoid uh, helping the spread of the, of the disease. I think it's a little bit more of a top-down, there are rules, don't break them. People, Most people didn't break the lockdown rules, and now most people aren't breaking the face mask rules, but that's not really enough. Uh, uh, to us, the whole face mask thing, I think, I'm sure it's it could be a good thing for people to wear face masks, but I do think it gives people a false sense of security because I even see... Um, People who should know better, you know, I uh, saw a photo of the royal family going to a school, visiting a school for underprivileged children yesterday, and, and they did a photo all absolutely rammed cl- tightly together like a rugby team wearing masks. But, you know, I thought, well, perhaps the photograph, perhaps it would have been a good idea not to have all posed quite so close together. I think, you know, that the, the security, you know, safety, the mask seems to have replaced the idea that you should also try and keep your distance mm. from other people, and that means physically keeping your distance in public places and perhaps not having as many social events as you would normally do. But yeah, Spain is a very social country. In summer, it's all about reunions. And any year, it's all about reunions. It's about people going back to their hometowns and villages. The, the government spokesman was basically pleading with people uh, on in his Monday press conference saying, you know, please try and just at least do you know, you're socialising with one group, you know, just not not so much, such a mixture mm. of different groups of people. It, Spain's care homes have been hit uh, very badly as well. As a proportion of Spain's COVID-19 deaths, 68% have taken place uh, in Spanish care homes. That's compared to 30% of England and Wales's coronavirus deaths have taken place in care homes, 35% in France and 39% in Germany. Are care homes still a significant driver in these new infection rates? Well, I think it, that, it, that very much reflects the, it reflects the main wave of epidemic in spring so far we're not seeing quite such a dire situation in care homes although worryingly uh, you know there have been improvements there has been a reaction obviously visits are now extremely limited or restricted and much more care is taken and there's obviously been more training and more protocols for nursing home and care home workers but still we are seeing some cases occurring again in care homes which is extremely worrying you, you you'd almost think that 
this could not happen again. Uh, there's a, a in the, the region of Aragon, more than 50 care homes have cases at the moment. That's that's extremely concerning. But we will see. I don't think uh, we will see quite such a um, such a spread of the disease uh, in care homes this time around in this bumpy end of the first wave or, or beginning of the second wave where we actually are. But um, there's no question that um, it has been a huge tragedy. I mean, almost 20,000 people wiped out when they're in institutions which are designed to, to protect them. The bitter irony of it all, as you say, that's terribly sad. We've spoken about how social distancing and the flouting of social distancing rules has been a problem in, uh, in of late in Spain. That's one thing that the World Health Organization have recommended from the very start of the outbreak. Another thing that they've recommended from very early on was the implementation of a tracking and tracing system. And much like the UK, Spain hasn't managed to implement an effective track and trace system, has it? Uh, overall, it hasn't. It's very, it's very lumpy between regions. So, you know, healthcare in Spain is run by the seventeen regions. There was a, a, a kind of centralisation to some extent of, of some of that administration during the state of emergency, which ended, you know, in the lockdown, which ended in uh, late June. So now it is basically back in the hands of the regions, and some are doing well. Uh, regions like Asturias and the Canary Islands have good testing. Plenty of traces, you know, given their populations and they're, and they're, they're keeping cases well under control. But there are other regions, um, worryingly, the most populated regions, Madrid and Catalonia, mm-hmm. uh, which are really not keeping up at all. Combined, the two regions of Madrid and Catalonia have just over 400 traces where, uh, you know, if 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 the, the sort of recommendation by the WHO of 30 traces per 100,000 people was applied, we would be talking about 10 times that amount, over 4,000. So it's it, it's really a long way. Uh, they're really a long way from having enough people. Uh, the Madrid region only yesterday, which seems kind of rather late to be doing this, yesterday announced that it was going to give a contract to a private firm to recruit and train and, and, and traces. And it seems, you know, it seems it's incredible sort of late improvisation to be having to do that at this stage. In Spanish, uh, sometimes I feel that the administration in Spain just moves too slowly. Uh, I think, you know, there are so many people who could potentially do this job, uh, especially in a country like Spain, which even at the best of times has extremely high unemployment among, among graduates. It seems absurd, really, mm-hmm. that Spain given it had was hit so badly by uh, coronavirus, probably, you know, probably not through much fault of anything that was or wasn't done in Spain. You know, back in March, April, it was just an incredible, you know, tsunami uh, uh, of infection and no one was ready for it and the rest of it. But, you know, why now, you know, months later, uh, there aren't, you know, proper armies of traces in place is frankly rather baffling. The rest of the coronavirus latest news. The UK's crashed into its deepest ever recession after COVID-19 prompted the worst quarterly fall in output since records began. Britain's economy contracted by 20.4% during the second quarter, leaving it as the world's worst hit major economy. Only Spain's economy contracted more over the first half of 2020. The period fell over the longest chunk of the UK's lockdown, with many restrictions remaining in place throughout. 
Lockdown measures in Aberdeen will be extended by at least one week. The Scottish First Minister Nicola Sturgeon said that 177 cases had been confirmed linked to the outbreak in the city. It comes after bars and restaurants were closed last week and residents told they couldn't travel further than five miles from their homes. On Wednesday, Scotland reported another day without a coronavirus death. As always, if you'd like more details on any of those stories, I'll put articles with full write-ups in the episode description. And if you're not already a Telegraph subscriber, head first to telegraph.co.uk slash audio, where listeners can get 30 days access to all of our journalism completely free. While you're there, I would really recommend a piece by my colleagues Sarah Newey, Dominic Gilbert and Alex Clark on whether Europe's seeing a second wave or simply an uptick in infections. It's a really well-written explanation of exactly where we are with the pandemic in Europe and simply whether we are winning the battle. I'll put the link to that also in the episode description. I'll be back later this week, so stay subscribed to this feed to make sure you never miss an episode. And if you're finding this show useful, please do give it a five-star rating and maybe even a short review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me know that I'm making audio that you want to listen to. As always, if you have a question or a topic you think I should be covering, email me. The address is coronaviruspodcast at telegraph.co.uk or you can find me on Twitter at T underscore Leludis. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.